You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. There we go. All right. We do a thing here, if you don't know. Sorry, my name's Steve, if you don't know me. One of the pastors here. We do a thing here, and we're kicking off today again for the year, called the Transformation Trek. It's actually not a walk, um, and so don't worry in this heat. Um, we're not going, we're not about taking a walk. What it is, is, and I say this a lot, but I'll say it again. When you get to heaven, there's not an exam. There's not a test. In fact, uh, I believe it's in Revelations or Matthew, both there, it actually gives us the type of questions that we would be asked when we get to heaven. And they're about the way we lived. They're about the way we served others, the way we loved, the way we blessed, the way we helped the poor. Life is about, it's not an exam at the end of heaven. It's actually about the way we lived. And don't get me wrong, that doesn't get you into heaven. You've got a free pass, you can get into heaven. But so much about life is becoming like Jesus, doing the things he did and trying to be like him. And so once a month, we look at a practice about something Jesus did. We don't do it so we can earn his love. We do it so we can put effort in to become more like him. He already loves us. And so we're going to go through one this month called Cultivating Community. Except it's not going to be a one-off. It's going to be this whole month. I had a real sense that I'd really love to talk. As we have a lot of new people, as we have a lot of people that have been here a while but want to engage, we want to talk to you about what it looks like to be part of Christian community and particularly what it looks like to be part of Burley Heads Church of Christ. So I'm going to go through the Bible and look at God's big invention that he calls church. You may not know this, but you don't attend church. You are the church if you choose to be part of this. And so that's what I want to explore over the next few weeks. But first, I want you to think about a time, and some of you may not have this, but a time that you're in a group project or you were in a, maybe another church, that's okay, um, or you were on a job site or you were with a team or you were studying at school or uni or there was just a group of you and you just had a really, I don't know, it was a combination of the gifts. It doesn't have to be Christian. It was a combination of personalities, but you felt like the group could do anything. Maybe it's your family. I don't know. Just reflect back. Maybe turn to the person beside you. And tell them about a time that you just had this somewhat, for a glimpse, perfect community. Um, It doesn't, you don't, the correct answer doesn't have to be Burley Church right now. (laughs) It could be a time in the past, but when you turn the person beside you, and if you can think of one, talk about just a time that you really felt. Let me give you an example because I can still see some blank faces. I was in, I've talked about this before, but I spent about six years in a band with a couple of young guys, myself being one of those young guys. And at the peak of that, it just felt like we were doing, we just all in sync. And we were creating things together and we had the similar mission, purpose. And it just felt for a couple of years there, it just felt like I had a community, like a tight community that knew where we're going and it felt unstoppable. That's the type of thing I'd love you to just share with the person beside you if you can think of an example. Go. You've got a couple of minutes. All right, I'm going to cut you off. Sorry. I can't stand cutting good discussion off. Um, but I promise you, you can keep talking about this at morning tea. You're absolutely allowed. And as you kind of, some of you may not have that. That's okay. It's the sermon's still applicable. 
Um, but I bet as you think back to the different communities, I bet it wasn't an accident. I bet you didn't just happen to fall into place. You might have accidentally all had the right giftings, but I bet there was a purpose. I bet you all agreed on why you were there. I bet there was a deliberateness to the way you met, whatever reason for. There was, it was cultivated. Community doesn't, despite our world at the moment that believes that we can just accidentally rock up and happen, or that relationships happen just by swiping on a phone, community relationship actually takes cultivating. There's a purpose. There's a reason you meet. There's a predictable way that you meet. The generation today would like to just happen. They would much, nothing worse than planning something. They'd rather accidentally all rock up at the perfect place with a perfect theme and have the perfect time. It doesn't happen like that. Community at its best is cultivated. And that's what I want to talk about the next few weeks. And so, church, I want you to play a part because you're part of the community. So at any point in the next four weeks, you hear something that resonates with the Spirit and you go, I like that. That's what Christian community should be. I'd love you to text me or write it on a communication, like a, a prayer card. So my number's coming up there if you don't know it. If there's something in the next four weeks that you're like, that's what, it might be out of scripture, it might be something I said, it might be someone else, someone said over coffee, and you say, that's Christian community, we want to know, and what I'd love to do is collect a heap of responses and then the board sit down and work out some deliberate values of where we're heading into the future based on where our community believe. That's Christian community. Sound good? So... I'm not, it's not a suggestion box. I'm not saying Christian community would be better if the aircon temp was this temperature or the colour of the chairs are red. Come and tell me that, that's okay, I'm here. But I'm talking about what makes up a godly Christian community. So I don't want to see Christian community is at its best when the hot water system works for my tea and coffee. I agree, but I understand. Does that make, are we clear? Who's the bet I get 100 hot water texts now? So now I said that. <laughs> so, yeah, just as you go on, text or write it on a card, put it in the box. It's the same place you can place your offering if you came prepared today. And we'll sort through that and work out some values for this church into the future. Godly community. So to start this series, I want to start at the beginning. Genesis. If you've got your Bibles there, it's going to come up now. Let's have a look at community, right there at the beginning. Genesis 1, 26, let me read or you can read along. And God said, this is down at 26, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created in him male and female, both of them created in his image. Created he them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and every living creature that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I've given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which the fruit of the tree yielding seed, seed to you it shall be for most. 
And every beast of the earth, to every fowl of the air, to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherever it is in life, I've given every green herb and meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was not just good, very good. And evening and morning were the sixth day. Obviously, when you're doing Genesis, there's a heap to unpack. We're not going to unpack it all today. We're looking and talking about cultivating community. So I just want to pause here at the very beginning of the Bible, what's it say as he created man and woman? Let us. Let us create man and woman. Let us. That's interesting. And then it's even more interesting, he said, in our image. There's two ways, two common ways to read this. One less common, but I'll give you both. Um, Because both of them speak to community. One is um, an angelic council. One is what some scholars call the divine council. So there's God, and then we know he has angels. We know there's angelic beings. And so one is saying heavenly realm, looking down God, saying let's create man and woman in our image. That's one of the ways you can read the us and our. I tend to not agree um, because... I don't, we weren't created in angels' images. We were created in God's. But it is a legit way of reading that. The more commonly found view is the Trinity. The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Three in one. The perfect. I've heard someone explain it as a cosmic dance. The perfect community that is one. A perfect community that, as we see in the creation story, brings chaos, doesn't bring chaos, puts chaos in order. And then what's it do straight away? It creates more community. Community that wants more community, wants to share this. The perfect community. God, the three head in one, other son, Holy Spirit, saying, let us. Let us do and create more of this. This is good. And so he creates man, and it tells us in Genesis 2 that he doesn't want man to be alone. It's not good for him to be alone, so he creates woman. Straight away, community. And he tells them to go, multiply, make more community. A perfect community. That's how it was. Imagine that. Imagine that feeling that some of you discussed. Imagine having that all the time knowing who you were, knowing your purpose, knowing your mission, knowing what you were created to be and what the person next to you was created to do and doing it together perfectly. Who misses? I don't even know what that's perfect like because I haven't been in the garden, but somehow I miss that. Do you know what I mean? I hunger for that. Well, I just know exactly who I am in God and I know who the person beside me is in God and together we're in perfect community with him walking through the garden, knowing our purpose. And there is a purpose. That's my second kind of point out of this scripture today is I love that straight away community has a purpose. Immediately. Do you know what? I might, you might not like me for saying this, and this is just my opinion. I've had a pastor um, totally disagree with me about this in a nice way because he, he didn't want to handle the fact I believe in heaven, there's work. 
I told this to another pastor and he just went, no, no, it's retirement. <laughs> it's harps, clouds, gold streets, there's no work. And I, and I explained my opinion and it's because what do we have in the garden? Perfect work. I'm not talking, he was thinking about the slaving away. He was thinking about the grind. He was thinking about the heat. He was thinking about the, the bad bosses. He was thinking about the, the cursed community, the community that just doesn't work, getting on with a colleague. And he's like, I don't want that in heaven. And I was like, no, it's, it's not that. But we have a purpose. In the perfect garden, there's a beautiful and good purpose. And you know when you're at work, when you've got the perfect thing you're doing that you were created for, it's a joy, Amen. Community always comes with a purpose. We're going to explore that more over the next four weeks, but I just hinted it today, right at the beginning. Man and woman, here's your purpose. Build, grow with me. Perfect community, community with a purpose. And then we get to my main discussion today. I want to have a read of a couple of scriptures that follow this. In Genesis 2.18 it says, Then the Lord said, oh, sorry I explained this, but it's not good that man should be alone. I'll make him a helper. God expands the community. But here's the bit I want to concentrate on. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? If you don't know this story, Adam and Eve get told, do whatever they want, don't eat out of this tree. Serpent has other ideas. Did God actually say that? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you should not eat the fruit of that tree that's in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Little lie there, or little misconcept, little just moving of the truth. For God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Then their eyes were both open, in verse 7, and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? And he said, I've heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because naked and I hid myself. First few moments of the Bible, the enemy twists changes the words, changes or uses the words or mystifies the words of God, makes it unclear when it was really clear and he breaks down community, just like that. Perfect community, perfect purpose, broken down. And do you know what happens immediately after? They're ashamed, they run away, they've lost their connection with God, they've lost their connection with each other. Within the next few moments, Adam and Eve have the first domestic they argue, oh, it was her. She's the one who said it. Seconds later. They're like, well, she's the one who said it. She's the one who offered it to me. And then a generation, one generation, their kids, one murders the other because they are struggling to hear and obey what God wants. Their kids. Community is cursed. Cursed Community. That's why my pastor friend rolled his eyes when I said there's work 
in heaven because he pictured this. I don't want to work for that boss that doesn't get me or doesn't understand me or doesn't, is hypocritical. I don't want to work with those people that fight or uh, gossip or move things around or change the truth like the serpent. We are instantly blocked from God. We're blocked from that us, that holy us, falling apart, fighting, doing horrible things, even killing. I want to bring it back to this today. It's really kind of a simple but I feel profound start to this cultivating community picture. I want to bring it back to the problem is us. It says it right here. The problem, I'm including myself. We love to blame other things. I hear this all the time about churches in the West. When I say churches today, I'm not picking on here. I hear it all the time across churches. People disconnect from community because the teaching was a little light or the teaching was too heavy or the time didn't suit or the day didn't suit or my week's been really busy or the songs aren't great or the songs aren't from my generation or I like the songs too much. I wouldn't be surprised that that would be a reason. Too loud, too soft, too old, too young, too new, too in between. They were too clicky. The community was too clicky. The community was too friendly. It was full on. I've actually heard that. Not about here, don't worry, this is not, none of, never, not talking about here. Now, I don't knock these feelings or real concerns, but this is the world we're in. The world we live in currently is obsessed. Cursed community means we're obsessed with celebrity. We're competitive, aren't we? I am. Or we consume, we just want the best product for me. These are destroying Christian community. They're destroying community across the globe. Really, the West. The East is thriving. They're growing. They're being persecuted and they've nailed Christian community because they, they have to be. The West. And it's not an age thing. I get the young people today have celebrity competition and consumerism with Instagram. But I also remember Women's Weekly. I remember reading it. So I know young people on their phone all the time, but I also know... I saw a lot of doctor surgeries with people just reading what Princess Di was doing. Each generation has their celebrities. Don't we all have our celebrities, our heroes? We all compete. It might be today that our neighbour brought some, uh, the right alt or Bitcoin, and that's fantastic. But back then it was still, old mates just brought, have you seen his mower? Have you seen his brand new car? We're still competitive. Have you seen... Have you seen Cindy's new washing machine? Do you know what it does? It washes the clothes. Every generation would have had their new fancy thing. I must have. I must consume. We're all guilty of this. We're cursed. And I'm not knocking you these feelings, real concerns. Please don't hear that. I'm not having a go at us, but it's... If we're going to go deeper here in 2023, if we're going to seek to be something different, if we're going to cultivate a community that's deep and rich and good and beautiful, I think the first thing we need to do is pull back and acknowledge the Christian community can be cursed. Even Christian community can break down. More often than not, it's actually not the carpet colour or the person in church. It's more often than not our own pride, 
our own fear, our own jealousy, our insecurities, our lack of forgiveness that is in the way to good, rich community. So many churches in our current day and age don't even get to the point of their purpose because they're still working out how to get over the pride, the forgiveness, the jealousy and the hurt. They even get to be the church because they're still figuring out how to do church. And it's, let's be honest, it's easier to blame the carpet colour than look at ourselves. I'd much rather. It's easier. <laughs> but here's the good news. Called this last bit. Here's the good news. A perfect community, a new beginning. I was going to call it perfect community again. Here's the good news, literally the gospel for you. This is not the end of the story. This is just the beginning. The curse, the massive void, the insane disconnection from has actually been restored or is being restored, both. Amongst the insane empire building and religious pressure of the first AD, Jesus came, gathered people, he forgave them, he gave them back their purpose and he died to break the hold over them. He died to break that curse, to set them free. Then he told them to go and gather more and set more people free because tell them their relationship with God is back, therefore their relationship with each other is back. Love God, love each other. Here's what the letter, if you think, if you think this might be just a good opinion, let me tell you that, let me read from the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 2, uh, 16, 22 says this. Christ brought us back together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace. That was the end of hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders and peace to you insiders. He treated us as equals and so made us equals. Through him, we both share the same spirit and the equal access to the Father. The new beginning, the new community. He goes on in 19. I like this. That's plain enough, isn't it? That's a little sarcastic. <laughs> He's like, this is the main point. That's plain enough. Have I said it simpler enough? That's not me. That's the writer, isn't it? you no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. You have a home. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. This sounds a lot like cultivating a community. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he's building. He used the apostles, the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone. Come on. With Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Amen? Think what that means for a second for you in 2023. We do not have to cancel each other. We don't have to be Aussie and tall poppy syndrome when someone has something going well for it. We don't have to cut them down. We can be happy for them. 
We don't have to judge each other's failings or shortcomings. We can come here and be vulnerable. I tell you this, we don't have to be our Sunday, we don't have to have our Sunday best. I don't know where that came from. Jesus speaks against it. The Bible speaks against the pearls. Not literally wearing pearls, but the you have to be perfect every time. If you're wearing pearls today, you don't have to confess. That's totally fine. Let's call it the new shoes. Let's call it the skinny, the skinny jeans. There we go. I have a dig at me in case you're like, I'm going to get him now, texting him now. I didn't like the pearls bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? He says, come as you are. Of course, have some honour and respect for church. I'm not saying that. But come vulnerable. God can't deal with you if you're perfect. Nothing to do, nothing to change. Come as you are, come. This should be the safest place. This should be the place you come if you're feeling low or sick, both mentally unwell and both physically and spiritually. This should be a safe place. This should be a place if the sermon goes a bit long, accidentally you fall asleep, no judgment. You're safe, you're home. My brother-in-law falls asleep every Christmas afternoon because he's safe and at home. Go for it. Not even when I'm preaching, someone else, but go for it. God's broken the curse. We don't have to be defined by our mistakes or our past hurt or even, get this, past hurt caused by churches. Some of you today, I know this, are carrying past hurt from churches and right now you're saying, I don't want to go near this. I don't want to go too deep. I'll sit here, I'll hear it. It's a nice thought. I like the songs, but I'm not re-engaging with church because somebody somewhere, maybe even a pastor, hurt you. The cross says they can be forgiven and you can step back into good and perfect community. And guess what? Mistakes will be made again. But God is still good. God is still perfect and he desires you to be part of this. It's actually offensive to the cross to still be holding that hurt. To still be holding unforgiveness. To still be holding something against each other. To not let God fully deal with everything is actually a little offensive to the cross. I don't mean it will all go away at once. But I mean, if you're not leaning into it and allowing, maybe it's a lifetime, but allowing the cross to affect that hurt, that lack of forgiveness, then it does not have any power. There's no point to it if it can't restore you and the community and bring about the kingdom. Why do I bring this up this morning? Has someone done something in the church really bad and I'm about to address it? No, not at all. I love this church. I can we do a lot of this stuff really well. Um, I was even like, should I even preach this heavy on this stuff? Because I, I love this place. But I was convicted this morning, so no one's doing anything wrong. There's no secret sin. I'm not about to announce or exile someone or there's nothing I want to address. I just want to start at this beginning before we reconstruct, before we set the values and set what this church is about, that we first know that this Western world preaches consumerism competition and celebrity and we can be a church that preaches something different something new or very ancient 
we can take a hold of this, put down, aiming at the person next to us and let the spirit and Jesus' sacrifice take hold. And you know, honestly, if I think if we could be a church that does that, we will see revival. Can't stand that word revival because all I think of is people waving hankies in suits. I just have this image of revival. Amen. Revival means restore. It means bringing life to dry bones. It means giving life again. I truly believe that we can capture that the issue might be with us in letting the cross do its work, in confessing and leaning into good and beautiful Christian community. I believe life can come to dead, dry bones. What I mean is a bunch of people on their knees praying for the person beside them, for the kingdom to come, for dry bones to see life again, for brokenness to be restored, and for God's perfect and beautiful invention of church to move forward in its purpose and seeing people follow Jesus and have their entire lives transformed. So I've put this down to a statement today, and I believe to sum it up is we should be excellent to each other. Stolen straight from a movie called Bill and Ted, but it rings so true. Every community can choose its excellence. We can choose to have excellence in teaching, and I hope we do. We can choose excellence in worship, and I hope we do. But we can choose excellence in dancing, in location, in building. We probably fail a little bit in excellence in hot water provision today. We can choose our excellence, but normally you can only choose a couple or just one. Know this, I hope we're good at those things, but Burley Heads Church of Christ going forward seeks excellence in relationship above all things with God and each other. Excellence in relationship with God and each other. I'm not expecting you to do that alone this morning. I'm not expecting us to deal with some of that hurt this morning by yourself. It says in Acts, uh, it says at the beginning of Acts, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came, we saw a reverse Babel. Babel being the place where people were divided. The Holy Spirit comes, everyone understands it in their own language. The Holy Spirit breeds unity. It breeds togetherness. It brings back community. So I expect the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting. But I want us to be open to it today. Is that all right? We open to the Holy Spirit maybe saying some things to us that we've put off. Are we open to the Holy Spirit convicting us on some areas that, that maybe some rooms in our life that we just don't want to open? Are we open to that? Two questions to consider. And they're going to pray for us. And we'll sing one more song. What barriers or challenges are impacting the quality and intimacy of your relationship with both God and others? Before we start talking about what this church, what we as the church are doing, I want us to know, is there barriers or challenges that are impacting the quality and intimacy of the relationship with both God and others? What's holding you back from jumping in? Is it lack of forgiveness? Again, I really want to stress this because I believe this is a church. Is it a old church, a church that you used to be a part of? Did they stop you and now you never want to re-enter again? Let that go today. 
And then what concrete measure can you take to embody the teaching and power of the cross, allowing its transformative power to bring new life to both yourself and those around you in your community? Take a picture of that if you want. Write that down. I can send that out to you. I would love us to consider this before we talk about the purpose we have as a community. If you're new, lots of new people, you are welcome. Join us in on this. Be the church with us. Let me pray. And then I'm going to ask the band to come up. Lord, I just pray this morning. Fair bit of info there. A fair bit of heat in the room. Plenty of things to distract our mind. I pray right now that we would turn back to the foundation. That anything, anyone, any situation, any past event that is stopping us from participating with the divine. For those of us that might still be living in cursed community, I pray that we would grab hold of the promise of your coming kingdom, the one that is now here and coming in full, the one that is created from the perfect community, the Godhead, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, three in one and invites us to build, to grow, to cultivate. Stir within us. And let this community be something that is deep, good and beautiful in 2023. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'm going to be up here for the last song, if you'd like prayer. Um, I'm going to ask Jono and Sarah, I'm going to put you guys on the spot, but if you guys are around here, that would be great. We've got James as well. We've also got some of our leadership has expressed interest in spiritual dire- direction, helping you find your gifts and your place in this community. If that's you, come and have a chat to me. We've got some people that would love to sit with you and work through what God might be saying in this season, where you could be placed being the church, um, we'd love to pray through for that. We also are going to launch small tables. We didn't do that today, but we're going to, in the next few weeks, launch small trusted community. Lots of things going on in the next few weeks. But for now, let's do some business with God. Let's let him say some things he wants to say so we can move on from that. Uh, Feel free to come on down for prayer. Thanks, Tim.